Jesus, we come before you. We're so thankful for your love for us, for your grace and your mercy in our lives. Pray that you would minister to us, that your hand would be over this place, God. Thank you that everyone that's here um, matters to you, that you love each and every one of us, and that you created us for a purpose. You created us for a, a destiny, and we want to fulfill your purpose for our lives before we leave this planet. Holy Spirit of God, fall afresh upon us. Um, speak to each and every one of us, not just the things that I directly say, but Lord, even things that are unsaid, that you're speaking to people's hearts by your Spirit. I ask that you would stand in this my body, that you would think with my mind and speak with my tongue. Say to us in this house those things that you would have us know. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. So we began a series last week on one of the most famous sermons that Jesus ever preached. And uh, I don't know about you, but I like to listen to good messages online and through podcasts. And uh, I would love to have a podcast or a YouTube message by Jesus. <laughs> right? Wouldn't you? Uh, what did his voice sound like, I wonder? Uh, what did he look like? What kind of preacher was he? Um well, we are taking an exclusive look in the coming months at this most well-known message from Jesus. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Brother David Greer start, started us off beautifully last week. Thank you, uh, you guys, passing around the scriptures. Um, he started us off great last week, giving us an overview of what the Sermon on the Mount is about, about the kingdom of God. And so we're continuing on this journey today. I have a, a confession to make this morning. Uh, I know this is going to be very surprising to most of you. I have never been very good in the kitchen. Um, even during the years when, uh, for Daniel, Sarah, and myself, when I was a single dad, and their only hope of getting any food in the house was me, uh, I still never really took the time to learn how to cook a delicious meal. Uh, now, I'm a Puerto Rican man, in case you're wondering. Um, and as a Puerto Rican man, there is something that I grew up eating every single day of my life. Any guesses what that was? Rice. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. I ate rice every day of my life growing up. So a couple of years ago, a little bit late to the party, uh, I said I need to at least learn how to make white rice for goodness sake. Now, I know that anyone who knows anything about cooking will say white rice. Pastor, come on. What's wrong with you? Are you kidding? It's the simplest thing in the world. And that is true. It is very simple to make white rice. However, there is a particular way that Puerto Ricans make white rice. It ain't the way that everybody makes white rice. And I wanted to learn how to make my mama's white rice. Can I get an amen? Right? There's something about mama's food, right? And so, and again, I apologize for my voice. I'll, I'll do the best I can today, but... Um, so at the end of the day, I wanted to learn. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say, Mom, you know, let me, uh, let me, you know, g give me the recipe. I said, No, no, I am so elemental when it comes to the kitchen that I need a video. <laughs> so I literally took a video of my mama making white rice, and so uh, she taught me uh, that there are several things that you need in order to make white rice. First and foremost, you need. You need rice, right? There's no white rice without it. Now, just so that you know, and I put this in the bag. I actually wanted to bring the whole thing, but I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not juggling along this huge thing. 
But what kind of rice do Puerto Ricans buy at the store? Any guesses? Thank you, Gila. How do you know that, Gila? What, what, wait a second. So here's some white rice, Goya, um, medium grain, not long grain, FYI. Uh, the next thing is, now, this is, this is newer for us. This is coconut oil. And uh, I didn't grow up eating a rice of coconut oil, but my mom has mastered a way to make this taste amazing, even though it's coconut oil. So I learned how to cook with coconut oil. Um, what else? What else do I need? Salt. Yes, I need salt, right? I need salt. Um, and um, the other thing that I, uh, I need is this beautiful thing. Oh, anybody know what this is? What is it? Caldero, right? It's a, Puerto, a good Puerto Rican caldero. And you can tell it's been used. You can tell it's been used. So the caldero is important. Uh, it, the, it, it just is not the same if it's a different device. Just trust me. It's just not the same. And, uh, and I also brought this. Um, got some spare rices in there. Right? Because the measurement, is that important? Especially to somebody like me who doesn't really know how to cook. I need measurements. I need to know the exact stuff. Otherwise, I'll mess it up. But here are the ingredients. Now, here's what I found. If I choose the amount of rice I'm going to make, and I have, by the way, there's one other, other ingredient that I'm missing. Yeah, it's water, right? It's water. I, I have my water bottle there, but I don't do that at home. But water, water is important, right? So if I want a great Puerto Rican white rice, I need to have all these ingredients in place. All these in order to make the delicious meal that we want to make. And how much you put in is important. I could say, Ma, you know what? You said make it with coconut oil, but I'm going to do some other oil, vegetable oil, or extra virgin olive oil, Lord have mercy on our souls, or something, right? But if I didn't make it the way that she tells me to make it, uh, what's going to happen? Is it going to taste the same as she makes it? No. It's going to be different. It's not going to be the same. And so I want the my white rice, I wanted to make it exactly like it. So I took videos of her, and I, I remember at home, I would, I would play it for 10 seconds and then pause and do what she, she said. And then I would play it for 10 more seconds and, and like this for, for a little while. So eventually, the, and by the way, the way that she makes it is she does not cook it on the stove. She puts it in the oven. She heats up the oven and puts it in the oven for several reasons. It's childproof slash rookie kitchen person proof because no matter how long it stays in there, it's really hard for it to burn. It really, even if it stays long in there, it's and every part of it gets warm perfectly. So I still remember when I first put it in there, 30 minutes and. The true test was, uh, again, th uh, this is when I was living. Just it was just me, my son, and my daughter. The true, and they love grandma's right white rice. They love it. I mean, they would eat it by itself day and night. So uh, the true test was, okay, let's see how it goes. And I still remember, I put it in front of them, and they started to eat, and they're like, "Daddy, this is really good." <laughs> they couldn't believe it because I had, I mean, literally, I, McDonald's and Wendy's were my best friends, and so and they knew that. Here's what we want to talk about tonight, today, this morning. I want to talk about the ingredients that are necessary for us to live a blessed life. Say blessed life. Blessed 
God has ingredients that you and I need to partake and use in order for us to live a blessed life. In the beginning of this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus begins the sermon by talking about blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. Those are called the Beatitudes. Say Beatitudes. And in, in that sermon, he goes through and talks about the blessedness of life and how we can have a blessed life no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what our situations are, the blessed life. And so with that in mind, um, what's the page? Do you know what the page is? You, okay. So anyway, it's Matthew chapter 5. It's Matthew chapter 5 if you want to look it up in the scriptures. And there's also, you also, of course, have the, you have the, uh, the fill-ins there next to you that you can use. Matthew chapter 5. Uh, I needed to know the exact ingredients in order to make a great Puerto Rican white rice. 785. Thank you, Megan. Thank you. Seven, page 785. Um, God wants us to partake of a delicious meal. And it's your choice and mine if we're going to choose to use the ingredients that he gives to us to live the life that he gives to us to live so that we can be blessed. It is, our, it is your choice and my choice. But we can live a blessed life. And so we're going to start off by, by um, reading uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. And it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That word blessed, I'm not even going to try to say it in, in Greek. It's a funny, funny word in Greek. But what it literally means is happy. Blessed means happy. Okay? And the first ingredient... For a blessed life is recognizing my spiritual poverty without God. The first ingredient for a blessed life is recognize my spiritual poverty without God. Now, was thinking about how to illustrate some of these things to you in addition to my white rice ingredient meal. And again, God wants us to partake of this delicious meal called the blessed life and the ingredients. The first ingredient is recognizing my spiritual poverty without God. And here's the cool thing about God. The, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray goes like this. Our Father who art in heaven. Okay, so here's what we know. God is in heaven and we are not. Amen? And so as, as God is saying, saying, I want you to live a blessed life. I want you to live a, the life of heaven. He starts off by saying, I want you to, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are people who recognize their spiritual poverty without God. Here's the cool thing. Everyone has access to this first step. Because everyone can know that we are not good enough in the eyes of God. And so here's what he says. He said, the first step in this ladder is a beautiful ladder. We've used it for many, many things here at Heart and Soul, okay? But the first step is poverty of spirit. It's poor in spirit. He doesn't, he doesn't say your first step is to be perfect and holy. Your first step is to have everything right in your life. No, 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 no. Here's the first step. God says, Jesus says, you want to live a blessed life? You want to partake of this delicious meal that I have for you? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to know, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who recognize their spiritual poverty spiritual poverty before the Lord. I heard somebody give an example um, the other day, and, and uh, bear with me. It doesn't sound very nice at first, but it gets better. 
um, he was woken up by his dog barking. And his dog was asking, you know, was barking because he wanted to go outside and wanted to be fed and wanted his owner to take care of him. So he got up and took care of the dog. And here's what, what kind of he had a revelation of that moment, that the dog recognizes that he can't do it by himself. But here's what he does recognize. He knows enough to ask for help. And because a dog asks for help, even though he can't feed himself, he can't take care of himself, when he calls out to the owner, the owner starts helping him. But it starts with a recognition by the dog. It starts with a recognition by me. God, I don't have what it takes to be holy, to be right. I don't pray enough. I don't read enough. I'm not nice enough. I need help. So I recognize my spiritual poverty. And that's the first step. Amen? It's the first step in living the blessed life. The scripture goes on to say, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. There's two kinds of mourning that the scripture talks about. I'm going to talk about the first one now. Blessed are those who mourn. If I recognize my spiritual poverty before God, and I recognize that I'm not good enough to make it to God, God says that's the first step. And by the way, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of where? The kingdom of where? Notice this. Our Father who art in, I want to live a blessed life. I can't get to God, but God is saying the first step in this process is when you recognize your spiritual poverty. Somehow in that first step, I'm not, notice this. I know this is an obvious question, but I'm in the first step. I'm not all the way up top. Are you with me? I'm not all the way up top yet. But God says, when you first make a decision to recognize your spiritual poverty, that you're, already, you're not on the floor anymore. Now, you're not here, but you're not on the floor anymore. And that's the beginnings of the kingdom of heaven. You have started to live. You start to enjoy a particular meal that is different. If you live your entire life saying, I don't need God, I'm good enough. If I just study enough, I'll be smart. If I do the right thing, if I make enough money. If you live your entire life that way, you're going to stay on this plane. In God's economy, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We mourn when we recognize our spiritual condition. We mourn when we recognize that we have not made the grade. Mourning over our spiritual, spiritual condition and, and the losses in our life is the critical ingredient that opens up our hearts to the comfort that only God can bring. That's the next fill-in. To the comfort that only God can bring. Notice, the first one's blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. They will be comforted. It is impossible for us to receive the comfort of God if we have not experienced the grief and the pain of our inability to reach God and the pain of just life circumstances. You guys have heard me talk about my experience after losing my late wife, Pastor Joanne, and the pain of that circumstance. Uh, there was mourning there, amen? And you guys have experienced your own mourning. I don't know what it is, or may, even you may be experiencing now. But we all experienced mourning. Uh, we celebrated Samuel's, my son's birthday. We Actually, we didn't celebrate it yet because uh, uh, the kids uh, got a little bit sick. But we uh, this past Thursday was Samuel's first birthday. He was He's one. Can you believe he's one already? 
a little guy. He's already one. And I remember when we were ex ex pregnant, expecting the baby, that we did some tests. And I remember the phone call. I remember the day when Amy got a phone call saying, there's a high probability that your child will have Down syndrome. Now, I wish, I mean, I wish I could tell you that I'm such an incredible spiritual person that I was like, oh, it's great. doesn't matter. It's perfect. Can I just be honest with you? There was, I was, I was a little scared. And there was a little bit of pain. There was like, oh, my goodness. Wait, what does this mean? H how are we going to? And, and Amy and I both together were going through introspection and praying, God, wh wh why did this happen? What's the deal? And what's going on? And. Um, I, I grieved. I grieved. I know it's hard enough to be a, a human being in this world and all the regular challenges. I grieved at the extra challenges that a, bringing a little guy into the world could have. And um, I shared this in, in, a, in a post on, on Facebook a couple days ago. But, you know, doctors would ask us, well, you know, do you, do you want to not have, not have the baby? And, uh, you know, not understanding that, no, <laughs> we might be confused, we might be hurting, but we believe that every life comes from God. And God help us if we ever take the place of God in deciding who lives and who does not. But there was mourning. And I was saying, God, what is going on? And here's, here's what happened. I was, I was really going through some a difficult time. I was shedding tears and and. and God, what is what does this mean? How am I going to do this? And I remember I had scheduled a, a, a friend was going to come over to my house. And that friend came over that night and he started to talk to me. I didn't know this about him. I told him, I said, hey, I just want you to know, you know, we, we just found out that that uh, our child potentially, high potential that he will have Down syndrome. And he gave me the biggest smile in the world. And he started saying, Man, that is awesome. Let me tell you what Down syndrome people have meant to me in my life and how they've blessed me. And all I can tell you is that that night as he was speaking, it was as if an angel from God was speaking life and truth to me about what life can be raising a Down syndrome child. He shared with me things like, you'll be amazed. It's not what we need to teach the Down's children, but what they can teach us about purity and about love. And when he left the house, I tell you that something inside of me felt like, man, I'll be disappointed if he's not Down syndrome now. Everything changed. But listen, before comfort came, there had to be mourning. Can I get an amen? We, we cannot... Some people say, well, God should just excuse everything, just, just forgive everything. Well, if, you, if we don't repent, that's why repentance is so powerful because repentance speaks of our condition. No, we recognize our spiritual poverty and we recognize that we're not good enough and we mourn over the fact that we can't do it. If you struggle with an addiction, you know what I'm talking about. You've tried and you tried and you tried and you can't do it. Here's the good news. Poor in spirit. And if you're mourning, that's another path. The kingdom of heaven begins with poverty of spirit, and it moves on to the comfort of God when we mourn about our spiritual condition. We're talking about the meal, the delicious meal that is the blessed life. The scripture goes on. It says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I want you to see this process. If I recognize that I'm not good enough, something starts happening in me. I, I mourn over my condition. 
And that reality, listen, causes in me humility. Say humility. It causes in me humility because I recognize it, I mourn over it, and it, the, the, the reaction inside of me is humility. The ingredient of meekness is manifested through gentleness and humility. Gentleness and humility. Some people are rude and angry at the world because they've never gotten to a place of brokenness where they recognize their poverty, where they recognize their, they've mourned over their condition, and so there's no meekness there. Meekness is manifested through gentleness and humility. The scripture goes on to say another ingredient. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And this makes perfect sense. If I'm spiritually poor and I mourn over my condition because I don't make the grade, and that brings me humility, I recognize where I am, then by definition, the next step in the ladder is, and I don't want to hit my head here, but the next step is, is hunger and thirst for righteousness. I, I'm hungry for whatever can help me get closer to God, whatever can help me live this blessed life. I'm hungry for that. The next fill-in says this. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness is the ingredient that drives us on in our pursuit of the blessed life. It drives us on. It drives us on. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness. If, if, if alcohol didn't work and drugs didn't work and pornography didn't work and all these relationships didn't work and stuffing my face with junk food didn't work and all these other things don't work or these philosophies, these weird philosophies didn't work. If nothing worked and I recognize my situation, then I'm, I'm hungry now for the real thing. I'm hungry for the righteousness of God. And it drives us in our pursuit of the blessed life. He goes on to say, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And again, this is a perfect, you know, the scriptures, you know, God is a smart God. Do you know that? <laughs> he puts things exactly the way he wants. He says, listen, listen, don't forget the ingredient, spiritual poverty. Don't forget the ingredient of, of uh, mourning. Don't forget the ingredient, the ingredient of meekness and then hunger and thirst for righteousness. You're making a delicious meal. All these things are important. Not just one of them is important. All these things in connection are important. And if you live that kind of life, you start hungering and thirsting for righteousness. The next fruit of that is mercy. Say mercy. It's that you start being merciful to people because you recognize that you have nothing and the righteousness of God has come to you, not because of what you did, but because of what he did. And because that's true, you start becoming merciful towards people. You start becoming merciful. Blessed are the merciful for what's the prize? For they will what? They will be shown mercy. They will receive mercy themselves. Why should I be nice? Why should I forgive? Be careful. <laughs> the scripture says if you don't forgive your brother or sister then God can't forgive you. But if you recognize that God has already forgiven you everything you have done will do, he's forgiven you. Think about the worst thing that you won't, don't want anyone else to know. God has forgiven you for that. If you've asked for forgiveness, he's forgiven you for that. And if he forgives you, then ought you and I not then extend to the person that betrayed us, that hurt us, that said some mean things about us, that stabbed us in the back, can't we look at them and say, in the same way that I've received forgiveness from God, I'm going to extend forgiveness 
I'm going to extend mercy. Treating people under our authority with mercy is the ingredient that unleashes the mercy of God into our lives. That's the next fill-in. Treating people under our authority with mercy is the ingredient that unleashes the mercy of God into our lives. Listen, this is why the Bible is so amazing and why I, I would just encourage you this morning, read your Bible every day, study it, learn about it. Because, listen, I could never have learned what, it, what it's like to live the blessed life if I would have just stopped and said, this is what Jesus says about how to live the blessed life. And, and you know, sometimes people have heard it before, and they'll read it. Oh, the Beatitudes. Yeah, blessed are the poor. Blessed, yeah, yeah. What does that mean? I'm not really sure. I've just read it a hundred times. No, no, no. Stop. Re- this is the, God is preparing something special for us. It's poverty of spirit that leads to mourning, that leads to meekness, and then a hunger for thirst and righteousness. And then now it leads to us being merciful to other people. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Wow. If we follow each one of these steps, and mercy being the one that precludes this, when we start showing mercy, listen, when we start showing mercy to people, something happens inside of our heart. Our heart starts getting decluttered. When we start forgiving and showing mercy, our heart starts being purified. So you see, it starts with, I recognize I don't, I don't have the goods. I'm spiritually poor, and I mourn over my condition. God, what is this deal? And I receive the comfort of God. And then it goes on to meekness and humility and gentleness because of my state. And then I'm hungry and thirsty for righteousness. And then I recognize that, that I can be merciful towards people. And in that process, God is purifying us. He's making a delicious meal. It's exactly what what we want to eat. It's perfect. It's Puerto Rican rice. Purity is the ingredient that declutters our heart so we can truly see God. Declutters our heart. Anybody see that Mary Kondo Netflix thing? Everybody's talking about it. I don't know if you know what it is. It's a lady. All she does, it goes into people's houses and helps them get organized. Mary Kondo, please come to our house. Actually, I have, I have, uh, I have the next best thing. My bride is an amazing organizer, and she's, she's got us in good shape. But she loves this lady, and so do millions of other people. And what she does is she comes and declutters. She says, get into your closet. Get every piece of clothing you have. Put it on the bed. And the people are like, everything? And she's like, everything. And then she has the people grab each piece of clothing and figure out if they want to keep it or they want to give it away. And uh, somebody told me the other day that after her show started on Netflix, there's been like thousands and thousands and thousands of more bags of clothes given to Goodwill than like ever before (laughs) because people are watching this. But listen, she says when you declutter, when you organize, when you get the junk out, you can see what you have and you actually know what you have and you can put it to good use in 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 the kingdom of God. Poverty of spirit that leads to mourning, that leads to meekness, and then a hunger and thirst for righteousness, that leads to mercy, and then purity, purity of heart, decluttering. Some of your our hearts sometimes stay cluttered because there's unforgiveness there. 
he goes on to say, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And here's the next fill-in. God blessed, God's blessed children have this ingredient in them that seeks to bring peace wherever they go. That seeks to bring peace wherever they go. Here's what I know. If there's someone who walks in and wants to fight and wants to argue and is always angry, here's what I know. They are not living the blessed life. And, and listen, I don't know about you. There are some days that I'm just smooth and calm. But there's some days that I hear a pen drop. What? Who did that? What's? I want to fight somebody. Right? Because we're human beings. We need every day I need to say to God, I need you. I need your life. Remind me who I am. Remind me that I need you. Give me hunger and thirst for righteousness. Give me purity of heart. God's blessed children have this ingredient in them that seeks to bring peace wherever they go. Wherever you go, part of the, listen, God's saying you're going to live a blessed life if you continue from poverty of spirit to all these, and eventually you get to making peace with people, that wherever you go, peacemaking happens. Not fights, but peace. I have a family member who manages to find a way to get in a fight with someone no matter what. We're in the movie theater line. They managed to find a way to fight somebody. We're in the hospital caring for a dying family member. They find a way to have a fight with somebody. Are you with me? And but God bless this family member. The closer that uh, they've gotten to Jesus, the more peace I see in them. And little by little, it's like, oh, wait a second. Because the kingdom of heaven brings peace. Say peace. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Ouch. I don't like this one. Maybe you don't either. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Are you telling me that I'm going to start off by being poor in spirit? And then mourning and being meek and hungering for righteousness and being merciful. And God's going to purify my heart. And I'm going to bring peace wherever I go. And then part of that ladder is that persecution will come. Wait a second. I don't get that. I'm not with that. Here's what I have to tell you. This life is different than that life. This life, the blessed life in Christ, is a different kind of life than that life. And here's what happens. When people in the world see somebody living a different kind of life, they don't understand it. They don't agree with it. They don't like it. Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Jesus healed, set people free preached the good news and there were people who saw him and they said let's kill him let's kill him what Jesus healed a blind man was blind since the day he was born everybody's like wow this is unbelievable but the Bible says that there were some people who were not tr on this journey they were nowhere in the ladder they were people who were used to living their own way people living far away from that and they looked at the person that had been healed and the first thing they thought of was you can't heal on the Sabbath 
That's wrong. Because their minds were not connected to the kingdom of heaven. They had not even, they, they didn't even, they did, they did not even get to poverty of spirit. They didn't, they didn't get here. If they were here, maybe they would have said, wait, here's someone that can make a difference in my life. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Listen to this. For theirs is the kingdom of what? Of heaven. So it starts off with the poor in spirit earn the kingdom of heaven, and now the persecuted earn the kingdom of heaven. Here's what I want you to know. Applause and fame in this world does not get us the blessed life that God has for us. Pastor, what, then what's the reward? What's the deal? I'm glad you asked. Let's look at the last verse, and we'll finish with this. Uh, before I do that, persecution, the next villain, is the ingredient that clarifies our commitment to God's ways, no matter the cost. It clarifies it. See, if you've never... Let me just say this right quick. I care a lot about what people think. Maybe you do too. And one of the things that God's been working with me on is helping me not care so much what people think, just trying to do the right thing. Amen? No matter what. No. I care about having a good family. I care about things being good. And that's one of the reasons why God had to deal with me because when Samuel came, well, he's down, he's different, he's unique. Well, what does that mean? And what are people going to think? And God says, stop. Stop. It's not about that. I want you to love him. And you're gonna, he's going to teach you some things. And, of course, we're in love with him. And we're, we can't imagine now a one year in life without him, right? But my commitment to him would be muddled if I hid him. If I did not show him off. You would say, wait, wait, he's not proud or he's not honoring uh, his, are you with me? If I'm hiding him, no, no, no. But the fact that I show him off, the fact that I'm proud of him, clarifies for people where I stand. This is my son. You better not say anything negative about him because that's my boy. Persecution for the sake of Jesus. When Jesus comes into the picture and people say, start persecuting and we, we can either hide, we can either go underground, or we can say, I, I, I'm a follower of Jesus. I have put my faith in Jesus. It crystal clear clarifies what our priorities are. Well, what's the, what's, what's the win? What's the win? If, if persecution, I mean, what's, here's, here's the deal. Blessed are you when people insult you. Anybody ever insult you? Right? Persecute you. They're literally chasing after you. And falsely, falsely, say falsely, all kinds of evil against you. Anybody ever, I mean, you know, I don't know about you. I've been falsely accused before. It, it, it ain't fun. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. For what reason? This is important because some people are just upset at the world and people are talking bad about them because they're just not nice people. But I want you to see this. What's the reason that people are talking bad about them? Because of me. 
because of me, Jesus says, because of me. Blessed, happy are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Why? Rejoice and be glad. Listen, because great is your reward where? In heaven. Oh, this is where this is where it hits. Hey, listen, listen. This life is not the end. And the re ultimate reward that you and I can receive is not a reward in this life, but is a reward with someone who is very powerful, who we pray to and we say, our Father who art in heaven. That same one, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. What's he saying? Prophets. People who walked, tried to walk in this ladder with Jesus. And maybe the ladder is not the, the ideal because there is a humility involved in living a blessed life. There's humility. There's meekness. But the idea is that Jesus walked, the prophets walked, and they persecuted them. And they did exactly what God wanted them to do, and it's going to be the same for us. Now, my prayer is that none of us have to be killed because of Jesus. That's my prayer. But you know what's amazing? In China, right now, even though there's some openness to Christianity, uh, the only Christian churches that are allowed to exist are churches that are sanctioned by the government. I don't know if you know that or not, but they have to be approved by the government. But if, if there's a church that is not approved by the government meeting in the name of Jesus and crying out to him, they'll that's a bad day for them if they get found out. But you know what's happening in China? They're being persecuted because they're humble, because they're walking with God. They recognize their brokenness before God. They're walking in meekness and purity of heart and hunger and thirst after righteousness. And, and they are peacemaking and they are being persecuted. And you know what's happening in China? The church of Jesus Christ is growing. They're being persecuted. The more they're being persecuted, the more they grow. You know why? Because there's a people who finally realize that this world is not everything. The president, MTV, movies, money, they can't give me what only God can give me, the reward in heaven. And, and they figured out, in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you, here's a final feeling. Being willing to suffer for Jesus' sake identifies us with the people of God and brings a reward, listen, that can never be taken away. Brings a reward that can never be taken away. I don't know about you, but I want to eat some great, great white rice. I want to I wanna live the blessed life according to what Jesus says. That's the kind of life I want to live. And in order for me to live that life, in order for me to make this beautiful meal called a blessed life. The ingredients have to be right. Somebody says, well, I don't like that one. Okay, if you choose a different ingredient, it just won't come out the same. It won't be different. It won't be the way that Jesus is calling us to do it. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. When you declutter your heart, all of a sudden you, 
you can see, oh, there's God in my life. I turn off Netflix long enough, there's God. He was there all along. I just couldn't see it. My heart was, was cluttered. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are you when people are persecuting you, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love and for your grace for us. We need you. We want to live a blessed life, Lord. Help us. Walk with us. Cleanse us and change us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.